2: Hello and welcome to the Psych Legal Pop podcast. This is a podcast where we talk about popular culture through the lens of an attorney and a therapist. I'm Brooke Brigham. I'm the attorney. And I'm Tess Brigham. I'm the therapist. So today we're going to be talking about a documentary that just came out on Max, formerly HBO Max, formerly HBO. Yes. And well, the documentary is Bama Rush, which is about the uh, sorority recruitment process at the University of Alabama. Which mm-hmm. I have to say, I don't think that this is typical <laughs> of, uh, of, no. of anything. It's no. this is it's this is not how most campuses and rush you know occurs on most campuses in this country. This is an anomaly and. It blew up in the fall of 2021 when all of these girls who were going through Rush, which they now, now call recruitment, um, new member recruitment, and the what we used to call Rushies, the girls, mm-hmm. are now called potential new members or PNMs.
1: <laughs> it's, a,
2: it's a lot to remember. Yes, it is. And... So they started posting a lot of TikToks and they mm-hmm. would do this outfit of the day thing where they'd be like okay it's day 1 it's um you know philanthropy day and you know my shoes are from Kate Spade and my skirt is from oh my god you know wherever yeah. Chanel I mean you know the <laughs> a lot of these brands I don't even know but they go through their outfits of the day and say where where everything was from and uh, people became kind of obsessed with it. Yeah. And, you know, they would post other TikToks showing like on bid day when people got their bids for the houses they got into and um, people couldn't get enough of it.
0: Well, and what was what was the stat? Half a billion people, half a billion people w- w- watched videos that were connected to the hashtag. Bama Rush. Yeah. And then it became popular for people to make fun of the Rushies. And then it became, or PNMs or whatever. And then it became a thing of people commenting on these girls and what they were doing. And so it sort of blew up from there um well should we talk about our own sorority experiences because we are both sorority girls and both of our parents were in our father was in a fraternity our mother was in a sorority so we are we're a Greek family we are a Greek family I will say but my sorority situation I will tell you I don't think I would be accepted in any of those sororities and nor did I want to be with any of those people (laughs) nor do I think they would even want to be my friend so my yeah. experience was radically different than any of this.
2: So, yeah. So let's but talk. They about, featured
0: your sorority many times. Yeah, I saw your well, sorority. Yes.
2: So I am a Chi Omega, which is a very, very popular sorority in the South. It's mm. probably one of the. Biggest, it's a top tier. It's we a top tier. Yes, we learned about this. Tier. It's a top tier. And at least when I was um, learning about the sorority, it was the largest women's. Sorority you know in the country mm-hmm. I don't know if it still is, but um, I went to UC Santa Barbara, University of California, Santa Barbara, which is nothing like Alabama. <laughs> <laughs> and um, we had a pretty large um, at that time Greek population. Yeah. It is still; it has since gone down quite a bit. But when I rushed, I believe there were fourteen sororities. Because mm-hmm. I remember the first two days of rush, we had to go to seven sororities mm. on one day, and then the seven the next. And that was a lot. Yeah. And our rush week was long. Mm-hmm. It was the the this rush week is only four days. Ours was a full week, and then bid day. It was mm-hmm. very very long. And um, it was just obviously it was very different. And, you know, California is very different. Yes. Um, But you were on the East Coast. I was on the East Coast. I went to Boston University and I
0: went to a different school my freshman year. So I transferred to BU. And so we didn't have houses. It was very different. Mm -hmm. And BU is a huge school. And being in Boston, there's so much going on and there's so many colleges. So Greek life is just one aspect so it w- didn't have that feel of like if you're not part of greek greek life you have no life it it was for me i think it's like anything else where it was something that my family did so it felt some it felt like oh this is something i know so let me go try it as a way of making friends mm-hmm. did you say what what your house was oh i was at delta gamma mm-hmm. which is again I could have never been a Delta Gamma at USC or, or UCLA UC Santa Barbara. or UC Santa Barbara. You had Barbara. to be blonde. Yes, I had to be blonde <laughs> yeah. and very, very thin, I'm sure. And all yeah. of these other things. Um, but the at my school, there were eight sororities and it was very funny. There was like there were four. <laughs> there were four sort of popular sororities. I was part of Delta Gamma. We were one of these four popular sororities. And mm-hmm. then there were four others two that were very jewish and that was funny there were like two female two jewish sororities and then two male jewish mm. fraternities <laughs> and they like all socialized they did together. their own thing they yeah. did their own thing and then there were like two kind of nerdy girl sororities and that was sigma kappa which we meet a girl mm. from that and then um the other one was Tridelt, which mm. at BU was kind of nerdy, kind of not, but it's somewhere else. Tridelt is a very yeah, the South, huge, huge yeah. sorority. And in Southern California, it's a yeah. huge sorority. But we didn't, like I said, we didn't have houses. We met on campus. We did so we socialized at other at our, each other's houses and other things. It was a different kind of life, but it suited me. Mm-hmm. And it was an and listen. I made all my friends through it. I, you know, all of the people that I hung out with, lived with, Mm -hmm. were all interconnected in some way, shape or form to the Greek life. But, uh, I mean, I will say I, of anyone that I knew... M- mom was helping me like pay for clothes and outfits to yeah. go through rush. It's a big
2: process.
0: It's a big process, but no one else that I knew really did any of that. Mm-hmm. Like, because I came from this Greek family and my family knew that because mom was Kappa Kappa Gamma. Mm-hmm. So, which is also a big s- mm-hmm. sorority and well-known tier. <laughs> also, we're all in top tier sororities <laughs> um, because it was well-known. She and our our mother's, we've talked about this on the podcast, our mother's mother is a, a Southern belle. So I think there's part of our mother that's kind of got a Southern belle inside of her. Mm-hmm. I think she was, she definitely would give us money and invested in that and mm-hmm. believed in doing that. I knew a lot of people in my sorority that literally were like rolled out of bed and was like, okay, I'll just put this on and I'm gonna go. Mm-hmm. There were a lot of people, like Michaela reminded me of a lot of people that were in my sorority. I just felt like there were a lot like there were a lot of Michaela's and I liked Michaela a lot. She was my favorite person. There were a lot of she did a lot to
2: prepare. She's the rush consultant. Yeah, she did, but
0: her personality was such that I felt like Michaela was just kind of someone that I would really like. She just was kind of like, okay, what are we doing here? Like, do I have to keep smiling for all of this? That 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 um just someone that I think eventually, I think she dropped out because I think she just felt like this is too much. <clears throat> this isn't, it was, it didn't suit her yeah. personality. Yeah. Sorry, I hate to like, ru- sorry, <clears throat> spoiler alert, but I'm just saying that her, she was, I think she would have been, she would have liked BU sororities. Like her vibe mm. was a lot more of what we were. We were, yeah. it's, and again,
2: East Coast. Well, and Santa Barbara was pretty laid back in comparison to these other schools. Yeah. Like, you know, USC, UCLA, like, UCSB is much more laid back, and while there was a lot of Greek life, it was not, like, the be-all and end-all, and the people in the houses were a lot more normal, like, you know, I just, I felt like the women in my house were just, just regular people, and, um... We had a chapter house, which was, you know, they're built in like the 50s. They're sort of this mid-century modern looking. It's not like the big opulent. Yes. Oh, those um, houses were beautiful. Houses in a lot of campuses. But it was fun. I lived in the house for two years. I loved it. I I pledged as a freshman. So it was my whole Mm -hmm. college experience. Yeah. And I had a very positive experience and still feel, you know, very positive about it, which is why when this documentary came out, I thought... It was going to be more fun, you know, because the way that they promoted it was like a peek inside, you know, the the process of recruitment. And it really wasn't that. Well, but I do want to say that I I don't know
0: if I thought it was going to be all fun, because I do remember feeling those feelings of, you know, being rejected, rejected Mm -hmm. by people, feeling like, you know, not. You have to put on a show. You you have to put on a a show, putting on a performance, feeling judged for how you look, feeling, Mm -hmm. you know, I, I definitely did not feel I felt rejected by certain people. I felt like, you know, I was dismissed in certain ways. And it wasn't all just showy and easy. Like, Mm -hmm. yes, I think now that people are on the other side, I think it's like anything in life. It's like dating and then getting married. Right. Once you're married and you can see like, oh, yeah, you'll find your person. You'll be okay. But the process of dating and going through all that's hard. Mm -hmm. And so I do think the process of putting yourself out there to try to connect with people is really hard and Sometimes you are rejected and and wanting to belong and being seen, especially with women, because that part is hard, is really
2: difficult. Yeah. And, you know, really, the rush process is pretty superficial because you get to spend so little time, you know, you Mm you you especially in those first few days where you're, you're going to all these houses and you'll have like, <clears throat> I mean, like these parties, they were like maybe 30 minutes. Yes. And so there'd be like a kind of intro, you know, where the all the... Girls, you know, run out of the house yeah. and sing a song, and then by the time everybody gets inside, and um, they use a rotation system. You have like a rush group, yes, and you rotate, and you all talk to the same people, and you have to transition like every five minutes because you've got to talk to like five it's like women. It's speed Dating it is yeah. speed dating, and you but there's no bell. You have to make it look natural. Mm-hmm. Like you practice doing what they call transitions where, Mm -hmm. um, you know, you, you see Susie approaching, you know, she's there to bump you and, and you go on to the next person and you have to figure out a way to make it look natural, like to bring her into the conversation and leave her with that point and then leave. Yeah. It's really hard. It's, it's, it's stressful. Well,
0: we also, well, when we did it, we had a thing where we would come out and we would get matched with someone. So you had to, you were, sort of match with the person.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: And so, and then we had some people who basically, we would make them floaters, floaters because they were yeah. not good conversationalists. <laughs> so we would have to make them floaters. So yeah. so some of us who were good conversationalists, myself included, were always matched with people.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: And so that was part of the problem is if you're not, you know what it is, you have to be good. At, you should be good at small. Talk. You have to be good at you have to be good at cocktail party talk. And I've always been good at cocktail party talk. People ask me, and I said, part of my job is... I'm really good at that. Like, Mm -hmm. where are you from? What do you do? Tell me a story of your life. You know, and it's so funny over the years. I cannot tell you how many people have thought that I've wanted to join their religion.
1: (laughs) Because (laughs) you act interested.
0: Because I've been really interested (laughs) or they thought that I've been really interested in their marketing services (laughs) or I've been interested in them or interested in all that stuff because because I can kind of ask you a ton of questions because I ask questions for a living I can kind of do that thing really well. But that's a big part of it is you have to be good at that. And what's hard is if you're and think about this 18, 19 year old girls, if you're not very
2: good at that, that is hard. Well, like that Michaela. Yeah. And she's she's, that is not her strong suit. She was she's an introvert and she's -hmm. she's soft spoken. She's she would have had a hell of a time. Yeah. And that's the thing. When I I was. I was, I'm, I am an introvert and I was pretty unsophisticated going into rush, but by the time I went through it and then went through it as an active, you know, Mm -hmm. three more times. Yeah. I could do small, I could make small talk with anybody. I could, you know, anywhere, anytime. It is a good skill. It is. It's a very good skill. And you really do have to hone in on those skills, but yeah, as a rushy or a PNM, whatever they call them. (laughs) It's. I mean, it's. It's a lot. Yes, it, it really is. It's. It's a lot. It is. So, so
0: anyway, we've anyway, been chatting about this, people are like, I don't care yeah, about don't you give a and crap your things about
2: you and your your stupid your sorority. sorority lives. Well, okay. So the the film starts out introducing us to the various women that are going to be profiled, and it's October of 2021, and it's 10 months until Rush. Yes, yes. Rush 2022. We've got, we've got lots
0: of time, and but, we're already like <laughs> preparing. Yes, Shelby from Illinois is already approaching. She is already prepping. She has a binder. Oh my gosh. <laughs> she, you know what? If you are trapped on a desert island, you want Shelby
2: there because Shelby's got a binder. <laughs> just a binder and a bag <laughs> and a bag that has everything like, oh. you know, wet n- naps. You and want Shelby in an emergency. Remover. You really do. Yeah. Yes.
0: So we meet Shelby. Well, ha- so should we just talk about all the girls that we're going to meet?
2: Yeah, and um, we can talk more about them. Yeah, well, because we
0: do. I mean, or should we talk also about this film? Because I was a little nervous because I started seeing rumblings on on social media about how people were talking about this documentary not being very good,
2: mm-hmm.
0: and I was like, oh lordy, and. Eh. <laughs> There well, are some you, have issues. To, you have to
2: lower your expectations. I think yes. people had very high expectations for this. And I watched it twice. Oh, you did? I did. Because wow. I, I, liked to, I wanted to watch it first without having to take any notes. Mm-hmm. Just take it all in. And then I watched it a second time and took notes. And, you know, it was starting to grow on me. There's still problems with it. But, mm-hmm. I mean, I kind of think this filmmaker had a pretty impossible task. Because, first of all, she did not get... Any real ins inside? Yeah, she didn't scoop. get the access that I she think maybe get, she was hoping for, or that thought she was, or that people thought it was going to be. Yes, because they talked about, you know, they were going to get, they were going to pay people to go through rush, and they were mm-hmm. going to be mic'd, which they. Discuss in the film that wouldn't have even worked, even if it happened. And it's true when you're in one of these sorority parties, it is so loud. Yes, there's it's a room full of like you know a hundred women talking, and you have to yell just to be heard. You never could have recorded anything that, mm-hmm. that never would have worked. But she wasn't even trying to do that. Um, but somehow it got out there that that's what the assignment was. Yes, and so there was all of this.
0: Yes, she was never going to live up to the hype. But then the problem is she then inserted herself Mm -hmm. into the documentary and a lot of people didn't like that. And I and I do understand the point she was trying to make, but she didn't really tie it together very well. Mm -hmm. I I do understand the point that she was making, but it really does take you out of this larger thing. I think that if her I think that if the documentary was about this concept of belonging, yeah, I think that then I think I would like to see this, this piece of what does it mean to belong? And, and I do appreciate that what she did profile and show people, and I hope people see this, is that people can see that being a young woman in the world today is effing hard Really, really hard. I think being a young woman in general has always been hard. It's always been hard. It's always been hard, 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 hard. But being a young woman in the world that we live in today is so hard. And you can see from this documentary what these young women go through of just yeah. just the pressure and just god what are you doing in your spare time now you're you got outfits of the day and you're having to do tiktoks to be relevant and just the pressures and then oh gosh i'm getting roofied and roofied being roofied's a part i mean and i have clients who tell me about this constantly being roofied is just an average part of your day being sexually assaulted is a is a regular part of a young woman's life i mean it's just the 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 difficulties the anxiety the depression Mm -hmm. the 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 pressures eating uh, disorders eating disorders the eating issues i mean i'm not saying all of these things were present when i was in school but i just think that they're magnified because of
2: social media because of the world that we live in to the nth degree it's just an added layer of like what what you have to do to survive, yes. because you, you do you have to be able to use and navigate social media to survive as a young woman, and especially in this situation. And all of these young women who they profiled, they all seem to be pinning their hopes yes. on if I can just get in to a Top tier house, then I'll feel like I belong. I'll feel mm-hmm. like I have a purpose. I'll, 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 I'll know what to do with my life. And it's no, like, especially it Isabel, it just doesn't work that way. Fully. Like no, yeah. none of you are supposed to know what you're going to do with your life. That's the point. Mm-hmm. You're not supposed to, and you're not expected to, or required to. Yeah. <laughs>
0: so like, yeah. get that out of your head. Yeah, that's the part that is so hard. Is they all feel all of these feelings that you're supposed to feel, and they keep searching desperately looking for. And it feels like, oh, getting into the sororities, the answer, I'm so desperate. You know, when I get to Alabama, getting into the University of Alabama is the answer. Okay. Mm -hmm. You know, oh, getting into this sorority, this top tier sorority, this is the answer. Once I get there, this, this is, you know, these feelings will go away. And it's like, no,
2: you're absolutely right.
0: Because you
2: are supposed to feel this way. Yeah. Because for sure, Shelby and Isabel both specifically went there for this experience. Yes. They applied to Alabama to get in, to go through sorority rush. I mean, like that's a lot. I'm not sure about the other two because they're sophomores, Mm -hmm. but um, yeah. So we talked about Shelby. So Shelby's from
0: Illinois and her, she was adopted and her adoption she talks more about it later, but her being adopted is a huge part yeah, of her it's part. identity. She has
2: abandonment issues, yes. And then Isabel, Oy, Isabel, she's from Rancho Cucamonga here in California, Oy. and she says she's going to Alabama because of TikTok, mm-hmm. and she needs to be a part of something because she doesn't know who she is. And again, yeah, welcome yeah. to the club. Well,
0: and also you just meet Isabel; she's got the Jesus love, she's got crystals. You can see. She is just trying to She's hold on to anything for anything yeah. to figure out who am I, you know? Yeah.
2: yeah. So then the there's two women who are already like I said they're sophomores. Yeah. So Hol- well,
0: I guess they're freshmen now. They're going to rush a they're going to rush a sophomore. Yeah. So
2: Holiday and Michaela, and um, Holiday actually pledged a sorority Delta last Zeta. year. Yeah, but she got uh, kicked out. Um, before she was initiated, she got kicked out for wearing another uh, sorority's sticker. I don't know what that means. What's a sorority sticker? So, okay, most schools have a rule or most, uh, not schools, but most sororities have a rule where you cannot wear the actual Greek letters until you're an active, until you're initiated. You know, you can't have the sweatshirts with the Greek letters. You can have stuff that's written out like oh, you could yeah. write out, you know, Chi Omega, or, but at least that's what it was for us. And mm-hmm. it was a big deal when you got initiated, you could finally wear the, yeah. the sweatshirt this with is the big letters. all sounding familiar With now. the big letters. Yeah. So, what they do for the pledges is, you know, because the big thing is all the, the houses go to every football game. Mm-hmm. And what they'll do is they'll have these stickers that say, you know, Delta Zeta. Uh, loves alabama roll tide or whatever Mm -hmm. and so it's a sticker with with delta zeta written Mm -hmm. out so it's like a way to show your yeah you're a delta zeta pledge you're a greek person you know whatever so, I guess they accused her. Who knows if it's even true? Mm-hmm. They, they could have just not liked her and were yes. looking for a reason to get rid See, of her. See, that's, that's the other thing. There's a lot of, pol- you There's know, a lot Again, of that. you
0: get a group of women together. Well, I hate to say and it. And that's
2: the thing in this, these sororities have so many rules mm-hmm. that. You can commit an infraction of a rule so easily and inadvertently. And if they don't, if they like you, they'll let it slide. Yep. If they don't like you, then they, that's what they use to get rid of you. Yeah.
0: Just like anything else in life. Just like any politics of anything else. Right. Yeah. I mean, at a job, any anywhere else.
2: So, yeah. And both Holiday and Michaela share a um they both lost their fathers when yeah. they were young. Their fathers died, and and Michaela is biracial, and she's, so she has that whole uh, issue. I was like,
0: when I saw her, I was like, finally, we're seeing the first person of color that we've seen the entire time. We get more into that later yeah. on, but I was like, whoa, okay,
2: yeah. Finally. But she, she, you know, definitely already feels alien. Yeah, a, you know, she's different, very, very different. This is a, you know, very, very white school. Um so let's see what. Oh, and then there's a character who comes in a little bit later. Her name is Ryan. Yes, and she's uh, a <clears throat> Sigma Kappa, and she's an active. We think. Yeah, I think she's she still, is. still in the sorority, and she's biracial also, and so she has issues with that too. And she said that it was sort of unclear why she agreed to do this because she kept saying that she really loved her sorority sisters and that they were like the best people that she knew. And she knew that they all cared about her and wanted the best for her. But she kind of thought that a lot of the stuff with the rules and all that was oppressive. Mm-hmm. And she said that there were women in her sorority who were really didn't get the racial issues that mm-hmm. she faced and would make comments to her like, you know, the kind of covert yeah. racism. And that really bothered her. And so she seemed kind of conflicted.
0: Yeah, I got the sense that she wanted... I think... I got the sense that she loved the sorority and wanted to be part of the sorority, but she felt like there needed to be more freedom to speak your mind. Right. And maybe this is maybe what... Maybe more
2: education. Yeah,
0: and I think this is why she wanted to do this documentary and with the idea of, hey, if I'm in trouble, I'm in trouble. So... This yeah. is how it's going to be.
2: So... And well, then you want to... We'll just introduce... Let's just introduce a couple more characters here. So, there's um, there's two... Actually, I think there might be three. Yeah,
0: there's... So, are you talking about the Rush They're, consultants? Yeah. yeah we they, meet
2: Trish. Is it Addicts? She's a Rush consultant. Trisha. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Trisha. Um, yeah, so Trisha. I found her very odd. Because Trisha is my age. You know, she... She pledged Chi Omega, same as me, same year. 19, oh, really? 1987. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, I, you are not qualified, Tricia, <laughs> with all due respect. <laughs> Why are you, who are you to be like, but, but, giving advice up, she, to these 18, she 19 might, year olds. She might
0: be if she's been doing, but if you're still involved
2: in Greek life
0: then if you still know if you've still got your finger on the pulse well but in the right?
2: later on in the documentary so uh Michaela ends up hiring her mm-hmm. as a consultant and later on in the documentary um Trisha goes clothes shopping yeah with that her was not good and takes her to like a, a middle-aged lady mm-hmm. dress shop mm-hmm. and tries to has her trying on these things and it's just it was made her look it wasn't age-appropriate. It wasn't mm-hmm. cool. Then she actually... Then she took her to a white lady hair salon where these ladies were trying to tell her... Because she had straightened her hair. Yes. And she kind of lightened her hair. Yeah. She's trying to kind of get more of the look. Yeah, I was like, oh she's, Yeah. She's... I was like, and they took yeah. her to a white salon and this this middle-aged are you, trying, are you talking about that woman that was putting those things yeah. in her hair she was trying to tell her oh you do this and it'll help with the frizz in your hair and she was trying to show her how to put these like twisty yeah. things in and then she took them out and the, her hair was even more frizzy it was mm-hmm. like because you don't know what you're talking about like and i was just like oh this is not this is not good for her i, I don't know I, I think trisha should retire from rush consulting but. well i did the one thing
0: i did think it was she did say well i take photos i'll take photos of you and then i thought Michaela's a very pretty girl but wouldn't you want to zhuzh her up a little bit she like she just kind of came yeah. over and had her hair back and yeah just regular clothes i was like zhuzh her up a little yeah. like put her in a pretty top is she sp- a, she's supposed to be using these as her is official
2: her, rush photos right
0: like have her get her hair and makeup done or do something and then have her come back i thought that was weird but yeah Trish, and Trish was very low energy. Yeah. And I don't think that was a good match. I mean, no. th- energy-wise, she had the same energy as Michaela. She kind of, uh, anyway.
2: <laughs> anyway. Anyway. Yeah. And then there's uh, Sloan, who was um, Isabel's uh, rush yeah. consultant. And Sloan, eh, I don't know. Also, I mean, she's younger. She's probably in her 30s, maybe. Like, low 30s. Mm-hmm. But, um, I don't know. She, she seemed to be a little... I wasn't impressed with her. Yeah. And there was some, someone named Lori. I can't remember if anybody worked with her or they just interviewed her. Yeah. I don't know if I wrote anything down about her.
0: Anyway. It was, yeah, these, this is really interesting, these Rush consultants, because I don't think that was a job way back when. No, but not that I'm aware of. Yeah. Well, yeah, there's
2: a lot on the line here. You know, it's just like now how uh, people hire college col- yes. consultants for their kids. And yes. you know, that's because they're so desperate to make sure their kids get into the yeah. best college. And if you want to get into the best sorority, I guess you have to have a, a rush consultant.
0: But, um, but we do, we learn a bit about Alabama and what we were talking about earlier about how like Greek life is huge there. And there's, I mean, there's tons of money. Tons of money is sunk into football. Tons of money is sunk into this campus, which is gorgeous. These houses are gorgeous. Mm-hmm. The whole campus is-
2: Really beautiful. Very lovely, I have to say. I don't remember seeing much of the campus other than the football stadium and the sorority row. Well, sorority I don't know. Trinity Everything row. looked really
0: beautiful to me. I was like, wow, this is really nice. They do sink. I mean, you know, we all hear about Bama and Bama football. And yeah. isn't that Crimson Tide and yeah, all roll of that? Tide, roll yeah. Tide and all of that kind but of stuff. But also, I mean, too,
2: they pay for this. Did you see the part where they said that the average cost for a new pledge the first year is Yeah, I don't know. How much did it cost? I don't remember how much it cost way back when. I don't know, a few hundred bucks or so. I mean, yeah, Yeah. there are are fees and you have to pay dues and whatever, but nothing like that. Yes. So then, um,
0: yeah, and then we, and so this is where the filmmaker kind of loses me because there's lots of scenes of things that don't really tie in. I think the filmmaker's trying to give us sort of, Pieces of the of the people, but there's a lot of scenes of things that we don't really need to see that don't really add anything. And I mean, this is a two hour documentary Mm -hmm. that really could have been 75 minutes to 90 minutes. So what what are you you
2: talking about? Like the. Like the historical stuff? Or? No, not the historical stuff. I just feel like watching
0: it, I'm like, okay, this, this scene could have been cut out. Like, I didn't write it down, but there were a lot of scenes, like little sections. of like, okay, this could have been cut out, and this could have been cut yeah. out, and this could have been cut out. And like, well, what's the point? Like, just feeling a little bit of like, well, what's the point of this? What's the point of this? What's the point of this? And then um we get into meeting Two active members Mm -hmm. of a current sorority. What
2: sorority were they in? It's it's they call them Zeta. It's not it's not um, not Delta delta Zeta. It's like Zeta Tau Alpha, ZTA. Yeah, Zeta Um, Tau Alpha.
0: And they're they're answering questions about what it's like to be in this current sorority and what it's like and rush and so Mm -hmm. on and so forth. And then we see, and then we see them, they have to adjust something. And then we see one of the girls
2: ask the filmmaker questions about her. She said, do you have to put sunscreen on your head? And up until this point, we haven't seen the filmmaker at all, at all. And her name is Rachel Rachel fleet. So yeah, the, the the young woman is asking her, do you have to put um, sunscreen on your head? And she's like, yeah, I, or else I'll get really sunburned. And then I don't know how long thereafter it's revealed. We see the filmmaker mm-hmm. and she's bald because she has alopecia. And she talks about how, you know, growing up she wore wigs and... You know, which is terribly uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. And she was always afraid, you know, that yes. someone was going to find out that she was wearing a wig and she would have different wigs every year. And um, and then when she got into college, she said she thought that she could, you know, maybe um, start over mm-hmm. and, like, be herself and not have to wear a wig. But she couldn't bring herself to do it her first year but then eventually, I guess her second year, she, she did. did. She just decided, I can't live like this anymore. Yeah. And she she would have to wear a wig to bed at night because she had a roommate yeah. in, yeah. know, in the dorms. And she didn't want to be seen without her wig. And it was really sad. And And then she was trying to make the point that that experience that she went through was like her rush. Mm-hmm. Meaning it was her, you know, wanting to belong, wanting to fit in. Um, you know, so she's trying to draw this parallel and it was very awkward because I was thinking, well, that's a great story, but I don't know if you should have inserted yourself into this because
0: it's not a really smooth transition. And we we learn this story and it's, it's not in one, we, we see it in chunks, Mm -hmm. like, and it kind of feels like this is what it felt like to me that she was trying to find places of, okay, this is a good moment. I'll tell this story. Okay, Mm -hmm. here, I'm going to insert this story of like, okay, good. I'll I think she had a moment of a, an aha of, oh, she asked me about the sunscreen. This might be maybe, oh, maybe my story kind of fits in. And she got that locked in her head and mm-hmm. and no one told her, you know what? Maybe maybe you shouldn't yeah. insert yourself. You need to take yourself out. Um, because it, it wasn't a cute, it, it, you know, lots of documentary filmmakers insert themselves into the stories. But this just didn't work like she do it do a documentary on alopecia yeah or your story or your story that would be a great story i mean with with the whole will smith chris rock slap thing you capitalize on that and talk about alopecia yeah but why here this made no sense whatsoever at all yeah but then we we meet and we met this woman earlier um elizabeth Or did we, meet? yeah, Elizabeth Boyd, the mm -hmm. PhD, which I thought was really interesting is talking about this idea of the Greek system and how all of this works in sororities and fraternities and how, you know, we've been doing this forever. And this idea of sororities, because what Ryan talks about is she's in this sorority Sigma Kappa, which is not considered a top tier house, Mm -hmm. you know, and how we organize ourselves into places of power, status, perspective prestige and femininity and that sororities, just like anything else in life, has a ranking system Mm -hmm. and that the ranking system is determined by men, the fraternity system and who they want to socialize with and who they want to socialize with are the prettiest girls Mm -hmm. and that's how it all works and when you're in a top tier sorority you get the best test banks you get the best connections you get the male
2: gaze you get there are benefits to that yeah you get the most parties with you know yeah because the way it worked um at my school we call them tgs short for tgi Fridays and so each house has a social chair and they reach out to the other social chairs and they plan these parties where Mm -hmm. it's like just one sorority and just one fraternity have a party at the fraternity house. Mm -hmm. And yeah. And if you, that's, we would always like make the, the hottest girl in our house, the um, social chair, (laughs) you know, because (laughs) it's true. It's like, because then she goes and she talks to the fraternity social chair and, you know, has to and they decide if they're going to it's again, the men decide if if you're worthy of, you know, having a party with them, having a TG with them. And yeah, it's such bullshit. Yeah.
0: But it is. It's also but again, it's sort of this society and the way it works of anything else in life, which is you are you know you're attractive or you know how to socialize mm-hmm. because you're part of this family because you have the right clothes and the right network and you know the right people so you get in this top tier so you get the right tests, so you meet the right people so right yeah so then see- you have the
2: best connections and, and you so- get the best job exactly and it's all about like working up to you know basically being a wealthy person yes after you you know leave college so yeah you meet the right person who's you're together you're going to a yeah, power couple. All, yeah, that's what all of those top tier sorority and fraternities are. They're they're just building up mm-hmm. like generational wealth and keeping it going and yep. bringing people together. And it's like okay, yep. so. um and
0: then they get into a little bit of this code of conduct and the code of conduct of the houses and what it means. And they then get into that, like, you know, you can't drink in the house, you can't wear. And that was the whole thing, right? When you were a rush, when you were pledging, you couldn't drink with your with your pin, pin on. Yeah. that was always a big thing. Or your thing. letters. Or on. your letters on. Yeah. Um
2: I remember those things. Um, and they did lecture us. When I say they, I'm talking about like we had, you know, the advisors and corporation boards and all these people who would always, those old ladies who would always come and lecture us about how, you know, if you're going to wear your letters, like make sure you, you know, you look your best mm-hmm. and you have your hair is done. and mm-hmm. some I mean, that even at, you know, my laid back school, there, yeah. there was that. Pressure, People saying that.
0: And it's always this thing of, right, like it's always about the women. It's always us. Yeah, we have to look right. Look right, look good. Because these boys, yeah, the boys can do whatever and be whatever. And boys will be boys, but you've got to keep it together and be pretty. Keep it classy. But, oh, this was the part where where Isabel's meeting with sloan and she's telling her the five b's <laughs> oh my <I know>, god <laughs> they're my favorite the five b's boys you can't talk about boys unless they bring it up it's all about you can't initiate this right, conversation you right. can't talk about boys booze bible
2: bucks or biden <laughs> which is politics yeah. essentially well that's that that's always that's always the, been the forbidden topics yeah. Sex, you don't talk about sex, politics, money, drugs, Now, religion, it? religion. Yeah. yeah, that's kind of a cardinal rule of life, yeah. I think. Um, but then
0: this is when Isabel... Isabel worries me. I mean, and then Isabel continued to worry me. Thank Mm. God she has a therapist. When she mentioned she had a therapist, I'm like, oh, thank God. (laughs) Isabel continues to, I fear for her. But she kept talking about how, what if I have panic attacks during my conversations? And then she gets into this whole thing about being bullied in her locker room that developed into this eating disorder. And this whole time I'm thinking, is this really the best thing for you, Isabel? Where are your parents? Why isn't anybody intervening for Isabel? Like, Is really traveling... 3000 yeah, miles across away the across the country to Alabama of all states to a place that I don't know do you have any family there and to to go through rush is this really yeah. what's best she for thinks you? it's going to solve all her she problems she really does and i just i'm just kind of like isabel yeah, I don't know. And then the filmmaker comes and she tells a locker room story. I'm oh, like, oh geez. my god, I can't take this. I know it, this, was, this was a dark documentary. It was. in many it places. Was dark. And then we learn about the machine. Oh dun, yeah, dun. dun, dun. You, you want to talk what? about the machine. I, yeah. I
2: I didn't even know about the machine. Um, so yeah, so there's there is this uh institution called the machine, and it it's called it's like a secret society. It's called Theta Nu Epsilon. And basically every sorority and fraternity on the campus has like delegates that go to these secret meetings and they all, I'm not exactly sure who's running. I'm sure it's one of the fraternities. I'm sure the fraternities like share the responsibilities of organizing all this stuff, but, Mm -hmm. but people they have these delegates from the sororities and they go to these meetings and basically everyone is told how they should vote on anything that's happening at the university of alabama whether it's homecoming queen or uh you know student body government candidates Mm -hmm. and and then they go back to their chapters and they tell all their members okay this upcoming you know Student body government election. You have to vote for these people, these candidates, and you have to screenshot your vote to, and send it to us to prove that you voted. Mm-hmm. So basically, they control the school and like everything that happens in the school. And they all come from, again, you know, these are very old families, old money, a uh, lot of power alumni, you know, these generations of people who've gone to Alabama and it's all very secret and done in secrecy. And they had a woman, I forget her name, who was one of the delegates. Mm-hmm. Um, and then she basically wrote an expose in the um, school newspaper exposing the whole thing. And I assume she probably got, must've gotten kicked out of her yeah. chapter. Um but yeah, she told the whole story and how it works and everything. And um, I was like, wow, I'd never heard of that. Yeah. Yeah. I and, don't know. And, and
1: people are afraid of
2: them. Like they asked, uh, the filmmaker asked Holiday and Michaela, Have you ever heard about the machine? And they're like, mm, We're not going there. We're not yeah. talking about it. Well, and do
0: everybody it. they asked, the two active members of the sorority, yeah. they wouldn't comment on it.
2: Nobody would comment on it. Nobody. Right. Not one person. Yeah. Because so. they, um, yeah, there was that guy that John Archibald, the journalist, who also has been covering this and corroborated all of this. Um, and, yeah, the woman who, oh, Alex, I think was her name. She was a FIMU. She's alumni now. But she's a former machine student rep. Yeah. Wow. Well,
0: and then we see, and then it, it moves on to like, oh, Shelby created a sorority resume. You know, now we're moving on <laughs> right. to something else. Now, this is another thing that's very different. I did not have to create a resume. I didn't, did you have to do any of this? I did not have a resume. I did not have a headshot. Yeah. I did not have to do a oh, video. I did not have to do anything.
2: Video didn't really exist I mean, it exist didn't back exist then. back then, yeah. Um. I remember having to do a resume type thing or filling out some kind of application and having I to send in some, some pictures. So the way that it worked, so every every new member has to have a recommendation from somebody. You know, when you go through Rush, you're supposed to have a recommendation for every single house. Oh. And if you can't find one, if you don't, then there's these women Who we even had one in Ukiah. She's the one I gave her all my information Mm -hmm. and I told her, "Okay, I can get recommendations for these houses, but Mm -hmm. I don't know anyone in these houses. And basically Mm -hmm. what they do is they find someone in the community who knows you like Mm -hmm. through your parents or through a teacher or something and they they track people down and they get you a recommendation for every single house that you're going to be rushing. Mm-hmm. And, um, they have a name, they're called Panhellenic something. They have some kind of name. And so I remember there was a woman in Ukiah who did that for me and I gave her, you know, whatever information. And I remember giving, you have to give, yeah, pictures, like you usually just give like your graduation picture or, Huh. Something, but there is a process and and then the the alumni will, um, you know, they'll do a recommendation for you. They'll mm-hmm. say how they know you and you know whatever I've never actually seen a rec form. I've never um, been asked to write one or anything. Mm-hmm. so but yeah, it is it is a thing, but I but obviously there's people who don't have that don't know that ahead of time, yeah. don't have a connection. and so I don't know what they do in that situation. I mean, I don't know, do they have to, like, search out and find someone, or can they just let you in without a recommendation? I don't really know. Yeah, that's surprising. I I mean, I must have filled out some paperwork, but
0: I don't remember having to do that. Definitely don't. I didn't think we had to do that at all. At all. huh? So... But that's all new. Those little fancy sorority headshots in the videos and yeah. all that. That was new. Yeah. And so they, then they start talking about how, I guess, there there's the way the sororities work at or how things have been at Alabama, that the first time they integrated sororities there was in 2013. Yeah. 10 years ago. Yeah. Pretty recent.
2: And, and, then, w- w- and when they say they integrated, I mean, d- does that literally mean that that? Black women were not allowed to rush yeah, uh, the, the Panhellenic
0: sororities? I don't know. But
2: apparently, yeah, I, that was... That seems yeah. that seems impossible to me. But, I, but yet, at the same time, yeah. no, 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 no. I don't know. I don't know. Or was it... So they have this other thing called Divine Nine? Yeah, which, so those are all the um, predominantly really Black so sororities.
0: Maybe it was like until 2013 black women just basically just didn't even feel comfortable
2: rushing well, it sounded to me like they were using words like desegregated and integrated it sounded to me like like black women weren't allowed to rush panhellenic sororities uh, yeah i guess so because Boys. these because like the divine 9 they've been around forever like yeah. even pr- predating the panhellenic sororities mhm um and I thought it was interesting that Ryan said that she didn't feel like she belonged in a black sorority because she was raised by white people and mm-hmm. she's half white. And that is, that was an interesting uh, point. And, and
0: I feel like Michaela said something somewhat similar, right? That she that's how she felt as well. Yeah,
2: she said that she feels like a black sheep. People, she said, people don't even believe she's black. Mm-hmm. They look at her and they think you must be something. Else, and she's like, No, like, I don't know how many times I have to say it. Mm -hmm. You know, it's very weird. You know, that they barely got into the racial issues, which are many, obviously. Yes,
0: yes. I mean, that's a whole documentary within itself for sure. Exactly. I mean, they barely touched on it. And that's why I think this the documentary, I mean, the documentary had so many things to talk about and do. I think that was the part that was really hard. And then they get into this thing. We're back to Holiday and Michaela, and they're, you know, going out and they were going to a frat party, but then we see them eating first and they're, God, they're talking about how they feel fat. And you're mm-hmm. like, Michaela, you're not fat. Holiday, you're not fat. I know. They're talking about eating disorders. And then they go to this frat party, and then we see Holiday, and Michaela had to go to the emergency room because they got roofied, which If there's any young listeners out there, watch your drinks. This happens. I have so many clients who get roofied. It is so common. Um, And Holiday talks about being roofied three three times. times. Yeah, it's just very sort of matter of fact about it. Yeah, because it happens all the time. I had a client who went to University of San Francisco. She talked about how she and her friends, they get roofied all the time. Oh, my God. All the time. It happens constantly. I can't even tell you how often it happens. It's unreal. Good Lord. I mean, they see young, attractive girls and they just, it happens. People do this. Don't let men buy
2: your drinks. Don't. Well, you know, going back to this. I'm oh, just, sorry. No, I'm just looking. <laughs> my roofie. My roofie. No, um, I know. It's good information. Yeah. But um, going back to the the segregation thing, yeah. I just saw some notes. So remember they, there was a woman who they interviewed. Who yes. Deidre. Who she was the 1986 homecoming queen. She actually beat the machine candidate. She was there from 83 to 87 undergrad, then went to law school 87 to 90. And she was talking about how she was in Alpha Kappa Alpha and they were the first sorority to integrate sorority row. So maybe that's what they mean. That because you know they have the sorority row and they show the pictures of the Alpha Kappa Alpha it was like mm-hmm. moving into this house and Maybe that's what they meant—that it was wasn't until 2013 that they were allowed to have all have black- a house, or or maybe or even have the 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 divine nine. I don't know that that part was. But I feel
0: like what they meant—I well. feel like what they what she meant was that 2013 was when black women were allowed were
2: allowed, and I think that was. I don't know. I don't know, because they used the word desegregation. They said Alabama only desegregated in 2013. So I would have liked that explained better. Oh, and then Deidre just says that one night they were coming home to their house on sorority row, and there was a burning cross on the front lawn. Okay. Now, mind you, she was there in the uh, 80s. Late 80s until 1990. This is not, mm-hmm. like, a long time ago. No, it's not. But that's before 2013, so I don't know. I'm so confused by that. Yeah. Anyway, moving on. Okay.
0: All right. So now we're back to Shelby and about how poor Shelby accidentally found out she was adopted. That's a horrible story. It's <laughs> a horrible story. And then... We go back to Shelby and we learn that she's been in therapy since she was 13 and that she's being treated for her trauma and her anxiety and depression. And I think we're going back to, you know, Isabel, who wears all of her anxieties and depression and all of this really outwardly. Shelby, you know, kind of outwardly shows you this person who seems to be very much in control and bubbly and happy. Mm-hmm. But you're, you're learning underneath that is someone who is... Deeply anxious, and the binders and all of this stuff is showing you that she is not fine
2: <laughs> that Shelby is not as put together as we think she no. is well, and she's is struggling, she is struggling, and that's she's barely containing it because yeah. she she makes a lot of comments about how um she says I thought I knew who I was, but then I complete it completely changed, and I just want a fresh start again, thinking that you know. This is going to be the cure to mm-hmm. all, yeah, all, all of her uh, anxiety. So we're starting to see that
0: Shelby's a little bit closer to Isabel than we thought she yeah. was, and then we're kind of back to Rachel talking about her experiences, and um, and then Michaela and Holiday break up as friends, yeah. which is very
2: upsetting. We don't quite understand. Well, she Holiday accuses Michaela of talking shit about her, and she's mad because she says all she wants to do is hang out with kappas because she wants to get into that sorority mm. so i don't know so then holiday
0: overhears some women talking and and she decides not to rush because i think she feels like she's gotten kind of blackballed mm-hmm. um so she's like well forget it i'm not going to go through all this and spend all this time and money and do it mm-hmm. and then there was interesting i think is this I think it's Rachel who asks this question of one of the Rush consultants Mm -hmm. about like, what if you do, what happens if, because she was asking the Rush consultants, and I think it was Trisha, around, you know, so you're showing up to these things, you want to look nice, you want to look presentable, you want to stand out, but you don't want to stand out too much, right? You want to, you know, you want to look. Like you, and you want to be unique in a way, but you don't want to be too unique. But what, you, what if you automatically stand out? Mm-hmm. She was basically saying, right. you know, what if you're me? What if you're bald? Or what if you're black? Yeah, okay. what if you're black? What if you're in a wheelchair? Exactly. What if you have a disability? What if All you right. stutter? What if you, you know, what if you do? And it's, it was interesting. Trisha really did not have an answer no. for that. And I think that because Trisha didn't have an answer for it, what she really is saying is it's a problem. Yeah. It's a problem. It is a problem. If you stand up, if you're really overweight, if you're, you know, if you're, I don't know, anything. If you are not, if you do not fall into one of these categories, Mm -hmm. it is a problem that you are going to be somebody that is. Yeah, you're going to have a hard time. You're going to have a hard time. Yeah, basically. So anyway. Yeah. (sighs) Anyway, so. Then we're then we meet Shelby on TikTok in her rush bag. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that famous rush bag. And then all of a sudden, it's two days before rush. We've just now like
2: fast forwarded. Yeah, Isabel is in her uh, dorm room with her crystals. Yeah, Ugh. And, and this whole thing. Oh my. Oh, God. Oh, and then she says two Ugh. weeks before coming to Alabama, she was sexually assaulted. And so this was. And then I'm thinking. Why? I mean, I guess she just decided
0: she was going to go. I mean, maybe she didn't tell her. She had to have told her parents. She's telling all of us. Mm-hmm. But I don't know. I, I don't know if a parent I would let my kid go. I, I I guess you let her go. I don't know. Well, why wouldn't you let her go? I don't know. I just feel like, oh, I guess. I don't know. I just feel like Isabel was already. Isabel, I felt like was hanging on by a thread. <laughs> yeah. And then all of this happens. Well, but so she, she, she she powered through. I mean, she she's here. She's here. She's yeah. doing it. I just felt like of all the things to happen to Isabel, this was the
2: last thing.
0: I mean, oh. she was already hanging on by a thread.
2: Yeah. So then we see Shelby and her roommate. They're, like, walking down Sorority row, looking at the houses. Mm-hmm. This is before Rush has started. And then... Right, This is around the time where the rumors come out about the documentary, Mm -hmm. and there was a New York Times article about it, and the University of Alabama president was very upset, and he's writing letters to people and whatever. So, basically, immediately now, Shelby is like, I'm not going to let anything jeopardize my plan, and so she pulls out of the documentary, but... Isabel stayed in, which mm-hmm. I thought was interesting because obviously she could have pulled out, too. Yeah. But I guess she wasn't I don't know how she explained the whole thing to um, the sorority when she got in. But, you know, she she didn't she didn't say anything or do anything to hurt them.
1: Mm-hmm. You
2: know what I mean? She was yeah. she was so she was excited. She was happy. You know, she got her first choice. Yeah. Um, house. And, you know, I don't know. But. Yeah.
0: So that it becomes this is where the documentary becomes very meta, because essentially Mm -hmm. we're watching, you know, we're watching this documentary talk about the documentary of the documentary Mm -hmm. that's never really made of this rumor that's, you know, of all of this. And then we see Rachel again sort of addressing what's happening about these rumors. And then there's, of course, who started these rumors? Like, who are the people that started these rumors? Yeah. Was it the machine You know, if we can be real conspiracy theorists. And then she starts getting, I guess, threats, and they're worried about her physical safety. So, who
2: is getting threats? Oh, the Rachel. Yeah, yeah. yeah,
0: filmmaker. So, what does Rachel do? She puts on a wig, people. (laughs) She puts on a wig. That was so weird. And that was so weird. It was like, your whole thing is about belonging and being part of something. So, now you're going to put on a wig to hide?
2: Uh, I don't know. Uh, and I, at that point, I was over Rachel. Yeah. I was just like... Uh, I'm
0: like, Rachel, what is going enough. on here? Um, And then then we learned that Michaela decided to drop... Michaela, I
2: guess, did it for a day or two. Yeah, and she, I, she dropped out after a few days. And I, I
0: think Michaela kind of found, like, I don't really like any of these yeah. people.
2: Well, and also, it's not
0: her. Yeah.
2: She's so introverted and like I can't imagine her in those big huge houses with all those girls making small talk I mean I just like it's just I can't imagine but Um, and then so then we get to bid day which is where everybody finds out you know what sorority if they got into their sorority mm -hmm. I don't know how they do it because early on, they they did say that it's possible that you can just be dropped from every house. Yeah. That was not the case at Santa Barbara. If you stayed in the process, you were guaranteed a mm. house. It might have been your last choice, but yeah, you're guaranteed. So I guess, you know, this this seems really. And what about the people who I guess that potentially you could get dropped on the last day? Mm-hmm. Like you could not get a bid yeah. or you could be very upset. Anyway, they all gather in the football stadium. Oh. Oh, I didn't get and, that. And yeah, they're in the football stadium and I mean, can you imagine the emotions in Ugh, there? Yeah. And they all open their bid at the same time, but I was noticing that outside of the stadium, lining the streets and the and lining the streets of Sorority Row, there's parents there, and Oy. family members there, and boyfriends are there. You know, with like roses, I guess, ready to give to the, and I'm just like, oh my God, this is a family affair. There are parents there. Mm-hmm. I thought, wow, this is really, so your whole family's like yes. invested in this. Yes, I'm sure. And that is so much pressure. And so they open up their bids and, you know, it's a lot of screaming and, and then they, they literally run from the stadium and, down this, The streets are, like, blocked off. It's uh-huh. the whole event. And they run down the street to their house that they got into. And then everybody's there waiting for them. And then it's just a lot of screaming and hugging and taking pictures and putting on, you know, the T-shirts. And yeah, it was a lot. It was a lot. It, it was a lot. We didn't do any of that. There was no jogging in
0: the streets or any of no. that. I think we were, I can't even remember how it even happened. I, I just got a phone call. Like, you know, I I just got a phone call later
2: that night. Well, we (laughs) went, it was just, (laughs) we stayed, I I don't know if this was mandatory or I was just doing it because I was, you know, from, I was a freshman, I was from out of town or, you know, we stayed in the dorms on campus for the whole Mm -hmm. rush week. And we had rush counselors who were active members of sororities, but we didn't know what, which ones and we had a rush group, and so we went into our. We had a time. We were supposed to go in the morning into our rush counselor's room, and she basically gave us our bid. Mm-hmm. And um, and that was nerve wracking too. And um, it turned out that my rush counselor was in oh. my house, so that was kind of cool. But, uh, yeah, then we just all met at the house. With, then the, it came with an invitation. It said, meet at the house at 4 o'clock. You know, bring your stuff to spend the night. Oh. We're going to go to the beach and have a barbecue. Ooh. So, yeah, I showed up there. And then, you know, that that was that. It was much more low-key. Yeah. And the sisterhood began, Brooke. The yes. sisterhood began. I loved being a Chi Omega. <laughs> I loved my sorority. It was a very positive experience yes. for me. I never, I you know... It's hard to remember a lot. It was like over 30 years ago. Yeah.
0: Well, we learned that Shelby is a Phi Mu. Mm-hmm. So that's a top, top tier house. Tier. Yeah. Isabel is an 80 pie, right? Yeah. And then we hear Isabel's inner thoughts, which is the minute I started running down the street, I wanted to go home. And then she's like, but I just thought about my big, big sister, the person that she was matched with through the process
2: and that she just focused on her i thought she was saying she she now has a home well yeah i think she talking about the sorority yeah and th- but she kind of flipped it i think first i thought she first said i just
0: wanted to be home and then but i started thinking about this person and that i needed to focus on them and now i have a home and then i was like okay i guess you're okay now isabel i'm just nervous for her i just
2: well, I saw her. I looked her up. On t- I looked her up on TikTok. Oh, good. Is she doing and well she now? She seems fine. Oh, good. I looked. Up, I hope you're doing I looked well, up Isabel Shelby. Mm-hmm. She seems fine. She posted a, a video about you know addressing the documentary, uh-huh. and she was basically just saying that you know she, if she had any idea like what this was going to be or anything, mm-hmm. she she wouldn't have done it and. Um, you know, that she she dropped out of it as soon as she found out what it was. You know, mm-hmm. she just thought it was kind of like this fun thing. I don't know what they told her, but, you know, she's... I guess Shelby's really distancing herself oh, now. Oh, yeah, she's trying to distance herself and make it clear that, you know... Mm-hmm. But, but, but I think that's obvious, you know? Yeah. I don't know where this filmmaker found Shelby and Isabel, and, and I don't know how she found any of these women, yeah um, I don't know. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah.
0: I guess. I don't know. I. I. I guess the the moral of the story is, it's hard being a young woman, and people just want to belong. People yeah, just want to be people part just of something. And I will say that when I, because I had a rough freshman year of college and it was hard. And when I got to BU, it was a big, big school. And then once I joined the sorority, it was, it was nice. It made my world smaller mm-hmm. and it did. I, it did make me feel like I belong somewhere yeah. that I had friends, I had a community and, and people do, I think at the core, we as human beings, we are social creatures And we all just do want to belong and be a part of something. Even the introverts of the world, even the people who don't want tons of friends, we all... It's part of our nature. We all need to feel like we belong to something. So i i do I do understand this. I understand Shelby and Isabel and all of Michaela Holiday. Like I understand at the core what it is that you what you're looking for, what you want, and the desire of it. And um, and I also understand the criticisms of people about sororities and fraternities of like you have to buy your friends blah, blah, and all of that kind of stuff too. Um, And I just I think it's kind of sad because I think it would have been nice to have a really a really nice documentary to to just sort of talk about the pros and cons mm-hmm. of what this process is like mm-hmm. because I think it is it's got there's good
2: and bad mm-hmm. in it yeah and yeah. I don't think she did
0: a very I don't think she really did a very
2: good no. job no and you know and sororities are not bad and that she I kind of walked away from it with this thing like if if you didn't know anything about sororities and you watch this you'd mm. probably you know have a negative feeling about it and i didn't think that that was fair either yeah you know it i don't know supposedly netflix is going to be putting out a competing oh documentary about okay. bama rush that's a rumor but hopefully they do and hopefully it's better yeah well they need to should yeah. Anyway. All right. Well, that's Bama Rush. Bama Rush. Hashtag Bama Rush. Go Greek. Yep. Woohoo. <laughs> <laughs> so thank you for listening. And if you enjoy our podcast, we would appreciate it if you would subscribe and also leave us a five star. Reading and review. And if you like Sister Wives, please tune in to our weekly Sister Wives recaps. Every Tuesday. Yeah, we're doing a rewind. And so we're now um, almost at the end of season three. A few more episodes left. And uh, check that out. It comes out every Tuesday if you're interested. And check us out on social media. We
0: are on Instagram and TikTok at Psych Legal Pop. Come follow us yeah please
2: <laughs> i'm gonna post a picture that i found oh lordy of, um from sorority rush uh 1990 oh okay of, uh, us in front of the chap- oh, chapter house during gosh. Rush. i don't even think i have any of those things yeah. so. so i'll post that you'll yeah. get to see how Gosh, this is so dated <laughs> <laughs> what a dated picture okay all right <laughs> all right see ya bye